Well, peace to you, CIL Church. It is good and it is right for us to continue in God's word because God renews our life through it. It always makes me so happy to hear Catherine read scripture, not only because you all get to hear God's word, but the baby boy that is in Catherine's, Catherine's room, uh, womb right now also gets to hear God's word. I'm a little bit just so excited about that, can't you tell? We are so excited to become parents. And if there's one thing that we keep hearing from multiple people, it's this. Our world is about to change. Yes, it is. And you know what? I'm starting to believe it. I'm starting to believe that our world is about to change. Let me give you a few examples of how it's starting to change. Never would I have thought that as I go to sleep, I would put my hand on Catherine's belly and start to say scripture. And then as she begins to fall asleep, I would begin to whisper superhero names and Jedi names like... (laughs) like Spider-Man and Iron Man and Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi, May 27th. But I am so excited about that. I never thought that I would do such a thing, but things have changed. I never thought that I would be so excited to completely get rid of our guest bedroom and make it a nursery, hanging up all the books on the wall and hanging up all the stories of of different stories on the wall, scripture in Elijah's name. I never thought that I would be so excited for such a thing like that, but things have changed. I never thought that I would imagine a guy's trip that I could take with my son, Elijah, and invite uh, my dad, uh, my father-in-law, my grandfather-in-law, my brother, and my best friend, who just so happens to me, uh, my son's godfather, on a trip where he would know that, hey, we're not perfect men, but these men have a perfect God that that we want to pour into him with, with faith and love. I never thought that I would imagine such a trip for when he gets older, but things have changed. We all have gone through change, haven't we? Some of us, the changes that have happened, we need God's help and strength to get us through. A new home, a new job, a new season of life, a college student going off to college and there's an empty room there. Some changes, we are, we are so excited, it's, it's full of refreshing, it's full of restfulness. We just can't help but be excited about what the future holds. And then there are some changes that if we're honest, we've just run out of things to say, frustrated in silence at the Lord. Change is a part of life. 
Today, I want to tell you a story about change and how change impacted the the story of the church, the story of humanity. And I want to go ahead and give you a spoiler and tell you this, that this change is good news for the church. This change is good news because it is hope in times of trouble. It's beauty in ashes. And guess what? This change is just flat out amazing. So can you turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. And if you are able, I want to invite you to stand in honor of God's word as we read God's word together. Acts 11 verses 1 through 18. The apostles and the brothers and sisters who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them? Peter began to explain to them step by step. I was in the town of Joppa praying, and I saw in a trance an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners from heaven, and it came to me. When I looked closely and considered it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth, the wild beasts, the reptiles, and the birds of the sky. And I also heard a, a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, I said, for nothing impure or ritually unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice answered from heaven a second time. What God has made clean, you must not call impure. Now this happened three times and everything was drawn up again into heaven. And at that very moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The spirit told me to accompany them with no doubts at all. These six brothers also accompanied me and we went into the man's house He reported to us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, send to Joppa and call for Simon, who is now called Peter. He will speak a message to you by which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came down on them just as on us at the beginning. I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he also gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, how could I possibly hinder God? When they heard this, they became silent and they glorified God saying, so then God has given repentance resulting in life even to the Gentiles. Will you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord. May this moment be a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. No other Jesus, no other spirit, no other gospel. Holy Spirit, make us new. Form us into the image of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. (laughs) 
can someone say conflict? There is a lot going on in the beginning of Acts 11. And guess what? Controversial news spreads fast. It doesn't matter if you're in the 21st century or the first century, controversial news spreads fast. I can't help but think that if our biblical ancestors had Facebook, the moment that they would see posts that say, Gentiles have received the word of God, that some of them would comment, unclean. Unclean. We are dropped in the middle of the conflict, but instead of watching and looking like the rest of our culture and what our culture does at the side of conflict, Holy Spirit is inviting us into something new, inviting us into redemption, inviting us into reconciliation. So here we are in the beginning of Acts 11. We see Peter walking to Jerusalem, and he is going to share this awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping, experiencing the presence of God kind of moment, which he will share in a bit. Once he gets there, he gets to the Jerusalem church. He gets to this circumcision party, and they have some things to say. Now, this circumcision party is a group of Jewish believers who insisted in circumcision, A lot of these people were Pharisees who believed in Jesus. For them, what was about to change was their understanding, their worldview of how they see God. At this time, never has there been a believer who was not Jewish, who was not circumcised. How could Gentiles be welcomed into the family of God without first being Jewish. It's kind of like today in the church in the West where like we are so concerned as we see here in verse 3 that their, their thoughts against Peter, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. Here in the West, we're so concerned that we're okay If someone who is different than us comes into a Sunday morning service, but the moment our brother or sisters goes to a company or share hospitality or eat and drink outside the service, we start criticizing. See, what's at stake here is is not that Peter preached the gospel to the Gentiles. What's at stake is that he accompanied himself to the Gentiles. What's at stake is that he gave hospitality to the Gentiles. What's at stake is he ate and drank with the Gentiles. Just like here in the West, they were so moved with, well, hey, God is for us, which means God must be against them. The us versus them paradigm was not new for the church. So Peter goes and shares what happened, step by step. I was in the town of Joppa praying, and I saw in a trance an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners from heaven, and it came to me. When I looked closely, I considered it. I saw four-footed animals 
of the earth, the wild beasts, the reptiles, and the birds of the sky. I also heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, I said, for nothing impure or ritually unclean has ever entered my mouth, but a voice answered from heaven a second time, what God has made clean, you must not call impure. I love that what happens, Peter starts off step by step by saying this vision happened in prayer. God tends to shake and disrupt our old frameworks, our broken frameworks in prayer. And it is here that he begins to see all these animals on this sheet, these reptiles, these birds of the sky. And then he hears a voice from God saying, get up, Peter, kill and eat. He responds by saying, no, Lord, I can't let anything unclean or impure enter my body. Peter is not to blame for this response. Peter is a product, a faithful believer of the Jewish tradition he grew up in. A tradition of purity laws that we find in Leviticus. Don't eat this. Don't participate in this. It was the purpose of holiness. In fact, the location of this holiness in the midst of all these unclean things was called quarantine. Does that sound familiar? Quarantine. But then Peter receives a different message, a message of redemption, a message where God is making all things new. It says in verse 8, God says what God has made clean, you must not call impure. Listen, Peter, the old categories are no more. Holiness is not quarantine from others, but quality time with the Lord and others. That's what holiness is. It's not being so far away that I got to get away from them, but rather because this Lord has come close and come near and drawn close, you are to do the same with strangers and others and friends. Things have changed. So what now? What happens with this vision? This vision is so good. What now? Well, look at our God being sovereign and cool. He already had people sent that way. It says in verse 10, Now this happened three times, and everything was drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to accompany them with no doubts at all. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we went into the man's house. He reported to us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and call for Simon, who is also named Peter. He will speak a message to you by which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came down on them just as on us at the beginning. I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John, baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he also gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, how could I possibly hinder God? When they heard this, they became silent and they glorified God saying, so then God has given repentance resulting in life even to the Gentiles. 
What has changed is Peter's philosophy. What has changed is the philosophy of the church. Before there was only one Messiah, and that was the Messiah to the Jews. There wasn't a Messiah to the Gentiles. But now Peter is being re-educated in what is the truth. There is one Messiah, and there, that Messiah is for the Jews and to the Gentiles. This is what's beautiful, church. This is what's so fun. This was, this was something that didn't change. God's plan was always this, that God would be the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord, to both the Jew and to the Greek and to the Gentile. This was God's redemptive plan all along, that Gentiles would be welcomed into the kingdom. The spiritual father, he also came to a men's night uh, a good amount ago. He has this quote, Dr. Dan Spross. He says this, this is a kingdom you are born again into, not a kingdom you are born into. This is a kingdom that you are born again into, not a kingdom you are born into. Everyone is invited into this new family. And what I love about this new family is that the Holy Spirit falls on this new family. And what also is happening in this scene is that the gospel of Jesus is being preached. The very place that the Holy Spirit falls is the very same place where the gospel of Jesus is preached. I want to get this in your minds right now. Listen, church. Preaching the gospel of Jesus is not about doom and gloom or turn and burn, but it is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. I will say it again. Preaching the gospel of Jesus is not about doom and gloom or turn and burn, but is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. Oh, praise God. Praise God that the gospel is for all people, an activity of the Holy Spirit. And what I love is that the Holy Spirit is in this room, in this place where the gospel is preached. Here at CIL Church, we call this evangelism. In evangelism, we have a statement about that. This is what we say about evangelism that evangelism is speaking the good news of Jesus to all creation, both the Jew, the Gentile, all creation, with joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what we say here at Christ's Love Church, that we preach, we speak the gospel to all creation. I love that the presence of the Holy Spirit is in this room so much the room here in this text and the room here. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is not just during our worship, but for the worship of the nations. Not just in this room, but so that we can go out. Fill us up, Holy Spirit, so that we can go out, so that the nations can hear about this Jesus. I mean, Peter is recalling this. Oh yeah, I remember when Jesus said this. In Acts chapter 1, that John baptized with water and and you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then he said that we're going to receive power? This Holy Spirit to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth? See, church, this was God's redemptive plan. 
It was always the extension of bringing others that we never thought would be in the family of God into the family of God. People that we never thought that because they're outsiders that they too would become insiders. Ah, he remembered. He was in this moment where, yeah, I remember that when we were together in that room, it was me, it was my brothers, the other disciples, it was Jesus's, it was Jesus's relatives. Uh, we were expectant in prayer, and the Holy Spirit came. And look in this moment. Cornelius is here, all his relatives and all, all his friends, they're expectant, and the Holy Spirit came. Wow, God, you are inviting people into your new family. Church, he is making all things new. And the new thing that he is doing is bringing outsiders to become insiders. So what about you? Do you know that God is leading you to come inside into this new family? Single mom, do you know that God looks at you and says, clean? I love you, clean. Young adult, young professional, do you know that God looks at you and says, clean? I love you, clean. This is the same God in Mark 1 who touches the leper and says, I'm willing, clean. This is the same God who goes into Samaria to receive from a Samaritan woman. says, clean. This is the same God who says, it's not what you put into your mouth that makes you unclean, but what comes out of the heart. And I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in your heart. Clean. When I was thinking about this sermon, I couldn't help but think this. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes us white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Makes us clean. All of us. Every single one of us. A couple of months ago, uh, I was invited to serve at a place called First Baptist Church off of Winchester Street. There is a partner of ours that is called Unlimited Potential. If I'm going to be honest, I really didn't want to go this morning. It's a Saturday morning. Um, uh, ministry is only supposed to be from Monday to Friday from 8.30 to 4.30. I really did not want to go on a Saturday morning. I mean, service is only meant to be seen, right? So, I mean, I didn't want, at least that's what my flesh is telling me. I didn't really want to go. But while I was serving, I came uh, close to a man. Uh, there's a picture of him and me. His name is Bill Ligon. Bill and I began to serve together, and I started to hear his story. I didn't ask for it. He started just telling it, if you know him. Then we also started to talk about the Titans and how if they're for real or not. And after nine sacks and losing in the playoffs, I don't think they were. <laughs> but we started to talk about each other's stories, and he started to talk about his story. Uh, Maybe you've seen this mural in downtown Gallatin. There's a mural of him uh, and another brother and their unity uh, that happened uh, after a basketball game 
desegregation didn't happen until 1965. So before uh, where the Gallatin Shalom Zone is, uh, Union High School was the place where all the blacks uh, went to school. And then this big unity basketball game happened, uh, and Bill has this a part of his story. And I thought it was going to be really hopeful, but then he took a turn, and he said this statement, and I I want you to see this statement because he said it, and I still can't have this statement not ring in my ears. I wasn't human until 1965. Society doesn't allow comfort for a man like me. I wasn't human until 1965. Society doesn't allow comfort for a man like me. Immediately in that moment, I was like, not my society. The church will welcome you in. Come on, brother. But then Holy Spirit gave me some gentleness and compassion and said, Jacob, a lot of the people that didn't give this man comfort is the same people that labeled him unclean. It messed up my heart. CIL Church, we have work to do. Faithful work to do because this God is doing a new thing. Don't be so far off. He is doing a new thing today, a new thing unto brothers and sisters like my brother Bill Ligon. He's doing a new thing today. So as I worship, uh, as I worship, uh, as I uh, invite our uh, worship team to come up here, I did want to provide some formational next step questions. Because yeah, church, we have work to do, but there's also some things that we need to think about. Here's the first question. If we can get that up on the screen. Who have you called impure that God is calling you to extend peace? Who have you called impure that God is calling you to extend peace? A neighbor, a family member, a coworker, a politician, a person of a different ethnicity, a person of a different faith, a person you disagree with. Hey, we can't go around keep on calling people impure and unclean because Jesus has washed us as white as snow. So we extend peace. The second question is this. Where is God sending you to accompany others and to speak the good news of Jesus? Where is God sending you to accompany others and to speak the good news of Jesus? Is it at some of our partners? Gallatin Shalom Zone? Unlimited Potential? Feed Sumner County Food Bank? Is it in your workplace? Is it in the marketplace? Is it in the neighborhoods, your neighborhood? Or is it to the nations? Here's the thing. The character of God is ascending God. Jesus was sent. He sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is sending us. It's not a question on whether or not if we are sent. But when are we going to live sent? Where is God sending you to accompany others and to speak the good news of Jesus? I think it is appropriate that these questions lead us to the table. 
Not only do we come to the table remembering what Christ has done and what Christ is doing, but I want you to to see this with me, that because Christ is broken open to make all things new, he invites us for our bodies, our lives to also be broken open for our neighborhood, for the nations. When we take and eat, when we participate in holy all, what happens at this table, it's not one and done. It's yes, Holy Spirit, send me out. What is happening here, send me out in calling and identity and character to be broken open for the neighborhood and the nations. So as our communion servers uh, come up to the table and as our prayer partners find their place, I want you to hear a few things. It was during prayer that Peter's vision, Peter's thoughts, uh, Peter's frameworks were, were broken. So don't underestimate the power of prayer in this moment. But also recognize at this table, at this table, hear the God who loves you, whisper to you, I've done it. Be made clean. I've done it. You're welcome to this table.